This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz. Sports on the Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Change the name to protect the innocent, just not the content. That's right. And the only reason we went to gun owners radio is because there's a lot more people buying guns than they're out there doing sports like Joe Dramisi. Hey, California assault weapon law make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. So what is the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any middle-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. And if you ever have legal matters that involve anything gun-related, we've got just the guy for you. The Dillon Law Group. Attorney John Dillon, who's been with this show since the beginning. If you have questions on red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, storage, maybe your grandpa wants to give you a gun, you need to call John first at 760-642-7150. That's 760-642-7150. Or go to his website, DylanLawGP.com. That's DylanLawGP.com. Let John Dylan do the gunning for you. I, I don't think a week goes by that someone doesn't ask me about Cali Key and John Dylan. Those, I, those two things. I don't, I don't. I get the same thing you do. All the time. So, hey, who we got for a guest? First by guest. by the way, welcome back. Thank you. Have a you. nice vacation? They had a great vacation. Well, that was a little mini vacation. Yeah, I went up to Utah and saw Zion and Bryce and Salt Lake City, and it was very, very amazing. Took the Buick? No, actually, we were driving in a Ram 1500 crew cab, Ooh. which is like a Cadillac yeah. on stilts. That just, thing was I, awesome. I just had one. Yeah, it was, it was great, though. Yeah, it was smooth. It was really, really nice. But the, the it was nothing compared to the scenery. The scenery was beautiful. Oh. If, if, you've never, if you've never been to Zion, I hadn't even heard of Bryce Canyon before. Really? And if you've never been to Bryce and Zion, go. Bucket list. It, it, it was amazing. Yeah. It was it was breathtakingly beautiful. Now, without further ado. There we go. Speaking of breathtakingly beautiful, our first guest <laughs> is from San Diego Wildlife Federation, Mr. Gary Brennan, who is one of the hardest working Second Amendment guys I know. An amazing guy. Really great. Really, really great guy. You, you may, if you, if you go to the gun show, you've probably seen him at the CRPA tent. Um, and he's a really hardworking, uh, outstanding guy. And we, we're having him on the show today to talk about AB 3030. Gary, are you there? Yeah, I'm on. How you doing, Good man? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, not too bad. Just just came down from a winery, so hopefully I won't mess this up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. You're in good hands. So what Yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. So what do you got for us today? Well, AB 3030 uh, was a bill that went through, it was, was came into the assembly and blew through the assembly within weeks. Um, basically, it's called the Resource Conservation 
land and ocean conservation goals. And the bottom line is it is designed to protect, and that's the bad, bad word that we're worried about, but protect the land areas and waters within the state and uh, 30% of the ocean waters off the coast of California by 2030. Um, uh, This bill, which, like I said, is really flying fast, and it's been uh, co-sponsored by a a bunch of other assembly persons. And it's it's just – it's really crazy because if you take a look online – and you do any search about protected lands in California, uh, it actually comes up. Uh, the first thing that pops up is that 40%, uh, 47% of California lands are already protected uh, by state uh, parks, uh, national parks, national monuments, uh, national forests, uh, state forests, and a bunch of other places. And off the coast, we have our... Uh, uh, the uh, marine protection areas, the MPAs, uh, the MPAs currently in effect run from anywhere from 16 to 18%, depending on who you talk to. Now, with this bill, they really don't talk about the lands that are already protected. Uh, in fact, there's, there's so many things that, I mean, the language is just, it's very vague, and it's just one of those things where as, hunters and outdoorsmen and recreationists and conservationists in the state. I mean, the hunting community would be all behind this, but they don't have a definition of what protect is. They don't say where they're going to get the money from to do this, which is a multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar project. Um, So we as the coalition is uh, the federation is in the coalition called the uh, the hunting conservation coalition. And that coalition has uh, basically came out along with the fishing side, which is doing the exact same thing uh, as opposed unless amended. And what we're doing is we're asking them and we were at the table for a while and they, the authors group was, uh, the author on this bill was uh, Assemblymember Calra, uh, uh, but co-authors are Bloom Gonzalez, our favorite, and Reyes, and then Robert Rivas. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, we're asking for specific language to be placed in the bill that acknowledges California role as a leader in wildlife and fisheries conservation, and you know, they're not willing to do that. Um, you know, we wanted to recognize the importance of recreational angling and hunting in California environments uh, in terms of dollars and volunteer hours uh, in the conservation side of the house that we've all put in, and then clarified some of the broad and ambiguous findings of the bill. You know, it's like, for example, it states the existing protections are insufficient, but they don't really say why. And so, <laughs> like I said, this is a bill that every person who enjoys the outdoors should really, and as long as they like access, they should oppose this bill unless they amend it. We um, know, Gary, we went through that a couple of years ago, too, with that MLPA thing um, with the Marine Life yeah. Protection Act. Because, you know, when they say protect, what they seem to really be talking about is barring anybody from using it, basically. So, so citizens have no access to the resources that are supposed to be our resources. 
And uh, I remember mm-hmm. they were holding meetings and we went through a whole big thing as a kayak fisherman, you know, trying to, to keep access to uh, places off of the coast. And, uh, you know, that we're within paddling distance because there's only so many places, you know, you can launch and paddle to. And, um, right. you know, it was the same idea, the same kind of thing. People just don't know what, what these guys are doing. So, and, and that is the bad part about it is because there are a lot of groups that are for this bill, uh, such as uh, the Center for Biological Diversity and, you know, the place. <laughs> the folks that we've had arguments before with, because it's all protect, 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 and it's not uh, consumptive use of the lands and the waters off the state, you know. But you know, but even the the, the Navy wasn't involved with it, and we, uh, the, our Marine side uh, folks from the uh, Coastal Conservation Association, CCA California, uh, they they're actually getting the the Navy involved with it as well because it's going to reduced where they can operate off the coast out to a certain level, but we're not even sure what that is because they don't bring it up. So, I mean, it's, it's it, there's you know, a lot of, uh, you know, Gary, a lot it, of ifs about this bill. If you tune in at the end of the month, I do a, a show with San Diego off-road coalition with Oceana dunes. And so, mm-hmm. so I get exactly where you're coming from. And it's just, if we don't keep fighting the fight, so what do people need to do? Do they need to get a hold of their representatives and talk tell them to talk about AB 3030? Well, I would say here's a couple things they can do. They can go to the Facebook page on uh, the CCA California, mm-hmm. and there is a, a voter voice click on to gotcha. uh, register to opposition there. Okay, uh, We're trying to get something up and working on the same side from the hunting side. But, uh, you know, phones, you know, if they yeah. can call. But now this bill is in the Senate. So luckily, Darn. well, luckily and unfortunately, Brian Jones, who is a sportsman and, and right. is pretty much on our side in most of these methods, he's a very small minority on the, I know. Uh, the Senate, the, the, the Committee of Natural right. Resources and Water. Well, welcome. Due to go next. Welcome to California. Hey, man, we're out of time, but Gary... I'm sure Michael will have you in again and let us give us an update on AB 3030. Call Brian Jones. Tell him to get up and fight harder. Thanks, buddy. We're going to okay. let you go, and uh, we'll talk to you down the roads. Keep keep up the fight. Right, yep. Take care. Have a good day. All right, folks. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. More Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. All right, welcome back. We're listening to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. And thank you very much for playing a little Charlie Daniels. That yep. would be. Rest in peace. For yes, some. truly an idol. I don't think he's really gone. I think he's hiding in the woods. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike and I and Joe use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for firearms owners. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com. 
Or you can call them at 469-310-9100. 469-310-9100. Firearmslegal.com. Hey, did you hear the mortgage interest rates have taken a dive? Well, if you're looking to buy, refi, or maybe just doing a reverse mortgage, you need to call the local mortgage guy that you and I can trust. Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Crawl Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, Mike, who you got for a guest this time? We have a very interesting guest today. Uh, he's a, uh, had a, an excellent job in the uh, United States Navy and has uh, since gone on to be uh, a, uh, a very vocal voice, um, very loud vocal uh, uh, a proponent of uh, Second Amendment rights and, mm-hmm. and shooting and, and everything that we love and cherish. So, uh, Mr. Chris Sinock, you there, Chris? I am here. How you doing, man? I'm, here. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you're you're by the way you're here local in San Diego, right? I am. Yeah. Awesome. And how long how long have you been in San Diego? Well, this is my second time here. I was here back in '94 when I went through SEAL training, and then I came here uh, in 2001 and ended up meeting my wife here, and I retired from the SEAL teams in 2009 and. This is where we stayed. Is that is that the best job in the in the Navy is being a SEAL? If if you are a, a SEAL, like if that's you know what you want to do, because it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, there's people that it would probably be their worst job. You know. Um, <laughs> How many but, people? I've always been wanting to ask a, a true SEAL this question. How many people usually wash out in the program? It's usually about 75% um, of people who start training. Uh, but the interesting, one of the interesting parts is only about 1% of the people who start, who want to become SEALs end up making it because just the process to to get into SEAL training is harder than people think. You know, and people talk about training a lot in Hell Week and it it's, sounds enormously difficult and hard and it sounds like it is just mind shattering and heartbreaking and uh extremely difficult i'm curious so you were a seal for how how many years sounds like you were a seal of 94 to a couple years ago so you did at least 20 years as a as a seal in the navy uh i did i was a dive med tech for the first four years so i did diving medicine but i actually worked with the seals doing that like supporting their diving operations wow and Um, and let me ask you this too uh because this is kind of what i and and i might be all totally off base but have you not noticed seals that graduate and go through 5 10 15 20 years of being a seal are better leaders in government uh yeah definitely i think anybody who's you know served in the military uh understands yeah. you know what it takes to to lead a country right better. I, I i i just wanted to bring that well just in case you decide to run for president there you go <laughs> thought i'd throw that out there you that's got, where this is all going chris well, yeah, we, we're got, wondering you, if you, you uh, got my vote i'm telling you boy <laughs> that or a businessman either one that's what we need in the white house so if you do 20 years uh or whatever 10 10 15 years uh as a as a seal um 
you know what what you know again people talk about the training a lot but what's what's the life actually like i mean are you de- are you deployed 300 days a year 100 days a year <laughs> you know what's it like monday morning at 9 a.m. you're not going to a cubicle you know tell us a little bit about what the actual day-to-day life is for a, for a, for a career seal hey, tell him the truth it's 365 days 24 hours a day 7 days a week right <laughs> well, you are a SEAL for that whole time. Yes, you um, are. But you, you do get some time off. It's interesting, when I was stationed at SEAL Team 2, which is in Virginia, uh, I bought a house there, and I was stationed there five years. And I realized after I sold the house and left and, and moved to San Diego that I had actually only spent six months total <laughs> inside of that house. I was going to say, you only, you only cut the grass three times. <laughs> Yeah, so so I what happens? You get into a platoon and you do a workup with a platoon, and that's a year and a half. Mm. And at the time in Virginia, there was no place to do any of our training. We couldn't do any of our firearms training. We, you know, we had to go different states, different countries to do our training. Mm. And um, and then you get back, and then you pack up and you de- do your deployment for mm. six months. So basically, two years at a time, you're gone. And then you know, for me, it was. Uh, come back get into another platoon and start over so so and and, i mean you guys are you know rock stars in the last uh you know the last decade or so and rightfully so uh i mean what you guys do is is amazing and uh impressive on so many levels well Um, they're asked to do things nobody else will do right and nobody else can do yeah wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't you say that's pretty good i mean that's when they look to a seal they look to you for one thing and one thing only and that's to solve a problem that's exactly the exactly what we do and, yeah. and it's interesting that you guys are very astute to that fact because most people think um you know we're trained to do these certain skills but we're actually trained to solve problems right. because we're not given a mission and and told this is how you're going to do it we're given a mission and we have to figure out how we're going to do it and we just have to succeed and there's no handbook when they tell you to go do and i'm not going to talk about what you guys did because that's most likely classified because the people telling you to do it have no clue how to do it to begin with that's why they rely on you they just say okay here's the objective have it done by next thursday and then call me yep yeah yeah, and so so you had so the training is extremely difficult. You 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 were in an area for five years on the East Coast. You only spent six months of that five years in your actual house. You know, one thing that I don't really hear a lot from is, and I've seen this from you know non special operations folks in the Navy. My old man was in the Navy, and you know I had a lot of friends that moved around, and you know they were on a ship for nine, ten, twelve months, whatever. But talk a little bit about like how do you how do you live life? You know what I mean? Like you know. It sounds like you, you you met your wife here in San Diego, but is it tough to have a relationship? Is it tough to kind of have a normal life? Is that something that you think about and you feel like you've sacrificed, or is the job so amazing that it's it's you don't even think about that? You know, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. And you know, the answer is both. When when I was you know active SEAL doing deployments, uh, I loved it and I would not ever change anything about it in the world. Um, but when I got married and we had our first son and I came back from what would be my last deployment and we had two boys, there were uh, one and three years old and the three-year-old, or no, he was four. 
he was four years old. He wouldn't eat for like two weeks mm. and nobody could get him to eat. And one day I asked him, I said, I'm like, Hey buddy, why, why, won't, why won't you eat? He's like, dad, if I eat, I'll grow up. If I grow up, I'll become a daddy. If I become a daddy, I'll have to leave my family. Ooh. And ouch. I was uh, planned uh, the next day. Sorry. I always get choked up when I want to say that story. Oh, yeah, that's um, awesome. I planned the next day to actually reenlist for five years for a $250,000 tax free bonus. Hmm. Uh, but instead I put in my retirement papers. So wow. that's amazing. Yeah. But just think how many honeymoons you had. I mean, let's look at the positive <laughs> side of this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I, that's why you got two kids. It, it is amazing. I mean, a, a good buddy of mine, we graduated high school. He went into the army and, uh, you know, uh, right after, you know, a few years later, nine uh, 11 happened and, um, he truly between nine 11 and, um, uh, his retirement just a couple of years ago, he spent more time overseas, um, than he did uh, stateside. And it's just, I think that that's something that, uh, folks in the military, that story doesn't get told enough. And I yeah. imagine being special operations and being deployed so much that I know you guys are. Um, and, and I, it, I just don't think that gets told enough. I think that, you know, the, the things that you guys do are heroic and the, and the physical things that you guys do are amazing. And the, the, the combat that you guys have to face, face is unbelievable. But, um, you know, the, the personal, uh, sacrifice that you guys, uh, make off, with off your family. Chart. Yeah. It, it doesn't get talked about enough. And so I think- do you miss it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. There was, there was about a year after I retired where I would just go back to the, um, Coronado and walk around the team areas and just like, with like ask if I could help people build pallets and stuff. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, we can't thank you enough for your service. I was in the military. I can't even compare to what you did, but I know when I got out of the military, they had to pay me a month and a half. Uh, vacation because I was not one to ever say no to an assignment. So, but I do thank you for your service and we'll definitely get you back on. Well, no, he's, he's staying on the other. Oh, is he? <laughs> we're holding him. Listen, we haven't even oh. talked to Chris about what we were going to talk to oh, him about. We're so fascinated by being a seal. Oh, well, so, I, so Chris, uh, stay with us. We're going to go on a commercial break. Stay with us. And then we're going to talk about what you're doing post U S Navy. Yeah. Go, go give your kid a sandwich and then come on back and we'll talk. <laughs> All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. Folks, hey, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. A thousands of pandemic panic buyers just found out what San Diego shooters already knew. AO Sport Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. AO Sword has hundreds of different new and used guns and everything you could want for an AR-15. Whether you're looking for the latest competition rifle, combat pistol, or collectible cowboy iron, you'll find it all at A.O. Sword. They are also professional gunsmiths with a full machine shop. They can clean, repair, upgrade, or even customize your gun, including Cerakote. A.O. Sword Firearms is at 929 East Main Street in El Cajon, just off Mollison. 
Best of all, they are friendly, informed, and actively support your rights. See for yourself with their legal and technical updates on Facebook. Check out AOSword.com or just give Dave and his team a call at 619-749-4867. That's right, and we're talking with Chris Sinog. He's been uh, generous enough to uh, tell us about his history as a uh, in the Navy as a SEAL. And Chris, I know you probably get asked these questions all the time at every cocktail party you ever go to, every Little League game that you're uh, standing on the sidelines. So I appreciate you very much uh, telling us a little bit about your past and what you did for the U.S. Navy, and thank you so much for your service. But let's talk about what you're doing now. Tell everybody, what, so what have you done since uh, since uh, leaving the U.S. Navy? I've been pretty busy. I, um, I run a business right now where I teach people to learn and live like warriors. I developed a training system. I call it the New Rules of Marksmanship, and it is uh, a fundamentally different than the way anybody else teaches uh, marksmanship. And I do it all online right now. Uh, and it's, you know, with everything that's going on, it's been pretty, uh, business has been pretty good since I teach people to learn how to shoot at home. And I think that's the best place to learn regardless of whether, you know, COVID is going on or not. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And actually today, uh, my latest book just released on Amazon called The New Rules of Marksmanship. I saw that. Okay, so let, and that that is awesome. You just told you just a whole mouthful there. But so let let's go to the the first thing that you talked about. You teach people to live life like a warrior. Can you can you go into a little bit of depth? What what does that mean? Well, it came from when I started teaching non seals how to shoot. Because when I was in the seal teams, I wrote our sniper manual. I was our, lead, you know, I ran the SEAL sniper training course. Uh, so I'm feel I'm a pretty, you know, top level firearms instructor from that. And uh, but when I started teaching civilians and even uh, law enforcement, uh, they just weren't getting it. And I realized it wasn't what I was teaching; it was who I was teaching. Because I, you could take a SEAL and and get them to, you know, be an expert at needlepoint in like five minutes. <laughs> Um, but so I realized I needed to teach people how to become warriors. And if I did that, then any information I could give them on shooting a firearm, which I consider to be a tool, I consider, um, you know, you are the weapon and you are the warrior and you can choose to use whatever tool you want to, to, to use. Um, and in this case, you know, it's, it's a firearm. So, by doing that, it's, it's just amazing. And I started getting um, all of my testimonials all sounded identical. And they, they're like, oh, you know, yes, I'm a better shooter than I ever thought possible, but I'm a better person. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I can learn anything faster. I'm more confident. And I realized, wait a minute, what the new rules of marksmanship actually do is they teach people to, to learn and live like warriors. Wow! Uh, so I just changed kind of my title of what I, what I do. So, so it's been so really fun. Obviously, I'm sure there. You know, you can't. You know, t talk about the whole thing, teach the whole thing in, in just a couple of minutes on a, on a radio interview. But you know, I'm a I'm a normal guy. I'm a you know living in the suburbs here in San Diego. I, I no military career and um, just a regular Joe Lunchbox. You know, devastatingly handsome, maybe a little chubby kind of normal guy. Uh, so what? Not it. 
what would you <laughs> what would you teach me or what's different uh, you know if, if i were to live my life like a warrior and and you know if you were to teach me what you what you've taught others what would be different about my life what, what's the actual difference in the mindset or activities that i do we're gonna paint your face with camo <laughs> <laughs> that might be an improvement <laughs> uh you would be a lot more confident in in yourself and in your abilities um there's a big problem with just taking firearms training as an example where people want to get better at firearms training. So they will look at somebody else who's a good, good shooter, you know, like a professional shooter and and they'll go, you know, I want to uh, shoot like that. So I need to stand like that person stands. I need to hold the firearm like, like they hold it and then I'll be able to shoot like they do. But the fact is that'd be like saying, if I want to play basketball, like Michael Jordan, I need to hold my hands on the ball like he does, you know, like left hand at a 45 degree angle or whatever it is. And it's obvious that's not the case. Like that's not what makes Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. It's the way he trained and the way he learned and the person he is and the confidence he has. And he, he learned through proper practice and using the proper techniques. And that's what I teach in the new rules of marksmanship. And also like on my online training courses is I teach people how to learn. And when you're able to take command of your learning, you're just more confident in everything you do. Wow. That it, is, it, that it's is, a life changer. That is such a profound statement because if anybody's really tried, like you mentioned, to learn anything, you know, the best thing to do is find your idol and then work your skills up to his or her skills, not emulate. And I, I, that's just a very profound statement. Trust me. Yeah. I say, just look at how they train, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, if, if it means doing it every day, every day, every day, then that's what it that's is. That's what they do. That's yeah. what they do. That's yeah. what they do. So when people buy your book, what, what types of things are they going to learn about marksmanship? Well, it's, it's interesting. The first thing they're going to learn about marksmanship is marksmanship is not how you stand, how you hold the gun, uh, how you manipulate the trigger. And that's what everybody teaches. You know, every firearms instructor, you go to a course, that's what they're going to teach you. But what marksmanship, what the word actually means, it's your ability to hit a mark. Mm -hmm. So getting better at marksmanship doesn't mean a new way to stand, a new way to hold the gun. It means how are you going to get better? And the, the way to get better is how you train. So, I teach, the first thing I teach is how to use your mind properly and how to focus your mind. So I teach meditation. I Mm. teach visualization. I teach positive thinking. That's the first chapter of the book. And I call it being an MVP shooter, meditation, visualization, positive thinking, Uh, because everything you do comes from your brain. You know, if, if, how you, how you shoot a gun, like how you stand, how you hold the gun, how you manipulate the trigger those are actually all memories. You're forming memories of how to do that next time. So by making sure your hard drive is working properly, those memories are gonna become clearer and clearer. Uh, So that's number one, I talk about planning out your training and the importance of having a personalized training plan. And I uh, have exercises on how to go through and do that. Um, I talk about, you know, just how to train properly uh, how to focus your mind. I talk, I talk about the importance of getting feedback 
And when it comes to like what most people teach and what I taught, taught for 20 years as a Navy SEAL uh, of shooting, as far as how do you stand, how do you hold the gun, how do you manipulate the trigger? I teach what are the laws of physics that are happening when that gun goes off and, and how do they relate to your body? Because everybody's body is different. So if you understand all of these mechanics, you're going to be able to say, like, a big thing is controlling the recoil. And I have a, one of my YouTube videos is that recoil is a myth, or the myth of recoil. Because if you know how to stand properly and you know how to hold the gun, there is no recoil. Um, and people don't believe me until they go through my training and learn how to, you know, actually stand for themselves and, and their gun. Uh, and they put the two together and everybody's just blown away. That's interesting. Um, so that you, so if, you, if, you, if your recoil is the result of, of, of improper stance and, and grip, is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Ah, no, that's so, interesting. Exactly. so let's, so I, I need to get Joe involved because Joe shoots semi-professional no, but Joe shoots regularly, so I do shoot organized matches every weekend. Okay, so what do you think? What Chris is saying? No, that's do I you think utilize any of what he's talking about. I do actually, and and I've I've read other things, especially the visualization and the positive thinking. If you visualize um, hitting that target, like when we're getting ready to, to shoot through a stage, for instance, if you visualize as you walk through and in your mind, okay, I hit that A, that A, that A, that A, all the way through, that makes a difference. The trick is remembering to do that, <laughs> knowing it and practicing it until it becomes ingrained is is the thing. Because one of the things I used to do is I would, I would throw a bad shot. I'd hit in the C area or something like that. And then I would dwell on that. And I found myself afterwards, I go back and talk to somebody. Yeah, I did this. I did that. And you would you give that energy and it's, that's a bad thing. What Chris is saying is, is the exact opposite Right? is, you know, you, you visualize hitting so that perfect his book. Mark. Is that what you're telling me? I wrote it down and I think I probably will. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I read a lot. So this is an excuse to buy another one. There you go. So how do people, uh, Chris, how do people, if they want to learn from you directly, do you give, you give private classes or how does that work? Uh, I do private classes, but um, I'm guessing most people listening couldn't afford it. Um, and what they can do. And, and the reason um, I think I'm just so much better online, because I think that's where people are going to learn fastest. Um, and I just want to make one point. If, do I have time? Sure. Yeah, go sure, for it. Sure, Get go about, for it. About, about, a, about a minute yeah. and a half. Okay. So when most people learn, want to learn to shoot, they go to a gun store, they buy the biggest gun they can see, big shiny one. They get a box of ammo. They go to the range and they don't know how to stand. They don't know how to hold the gun. They don't know how to manipulate the trigger, you know, nothing about shooting. And then they shoot the gun and it goes bang and they have this big, you know, muzzle lift recoil. And that is now ingrained in their brain as their, their body thinks that's what shooting is. And they'll spend the rest of their lives doing that. So that's why learning at home is so much better because you learn how to stand, you learn how to hold the gun, you learn you learn how to shoot before you add the stress of the gun going off. So, like literally, the best thing people could do um, is go to my website chrissinog.com and sign up for my online training. And um, definitely today, go to amazon.com and order the new rules of marksmanship. 
New rules of marksmanship, uh, and, and, and your last name is S A J N O G. Chris Sinog, S A J N O G. Yeah, I always tell people just search for how to shoot like a Navy SEAL or Navy SEAL shooting, uh, and it's a lot easier to find me that way. There you go, Chris. I can't try to spell my last name. Yeah, <laughs> can't thank you enough for your service. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday. We really appreciate it. Keep up the good work and. We'll give Joe some homework and see if we can make a be- make him a better shooter. I think right, anything guys, I can get. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. You listen to Gun Owners Radio on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. The answer. Hey, folks, it's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws. Firearms legal protection. Mike and I use them. Firearms legal protection. And Joe is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. Or call 469-310-9100, 469-310-9100, firearmslegal.com. Gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. Hey, this segment is brought to you by the good folks at the Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego, Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 7, and 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. Go to thegunrangesandiego.com, thegunrangesandiego.com. Dot com. Hey, we got our good buddy Jason Stevens on the line. Hey, Jason, how's it going? That's me. How's it going, Dave? You know, I was in talking to Veronica the other day, and she was talking yeah. to the lady on the phone. Now, see if you guys would figure this out. Maybe because we're guys, we never thought of it. And this lady <laughs> wanted to come to the range and get a box and put it down range. Uh-huh. You heard this story? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, and... If it was a boy, the balloons would be blue. If it was a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And Veronica. The, the gender reveal. And Veronica said, no, you can't do that, ma'am. And she goes, why not? Because it's an indoor range. And with all the firing, right. it could damage the baby in the, in, the, in the womb. Yeah. I looked at mm-hmm. Veronica and I said, that's amazing. That's a topic on radio. <laughs> and I sat there and she made like nine other phone calls busy lady she believes in the three ring rule uh, just like i do and every time she answered a question that's another segment on gun owners radio actually i was trying to get it <laughs> cut down but then she took off and went to the mountains but that's another story so uh, you were busy last time i was in my friend quite busy very 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 busy we still are i had to pull the vip still card are. all these people are lined up to go in and shoot uh, excuse me, excuse me, Dave Stahl coming through Gun Owners Radio. I said, they, I, I, I'm just here to see the owner. They put you in the back of the cool line. Yeah, damn near, I damn near didn't get in. <laughs> you know, but Jason seen yeah. me. Actually, Jason didn't even recognize me. You know, I've got a face for radio. I so. didn't know the masks. Uh, well, hear the hey, voice, it's like, oh, well, I know that guy. I had my mask. You had your mask. And, you know, I love yeah. listening to Jason help customers. Actually, the whole crew down there. Oh, thank you. you. Know, Manny and everybody. I mean, they just sit there. They'll spend as much time as necessary 
you know, and that, and even right up to Veronica, the owner. This guy must have asked her nine times the same question, and she answered it nine different oh, times yeah. right. to try to get it through his thick skull. <laughs> and she says, "I can't wait for this guy yeah. to come in." But and they're all, all <laughs> respectful and knowledgeable oh, and helpful. And I'm not. This is not. We try. This is not a commercial. This is actual hands-on fact. I was there. I seen it actually happen. And it was, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. But you know what? Your cupboards look a little bare, my friend. A little bit. Well, you know what? If you came in today, you'd see we have a, we actually have a bunch of nice new Smith & Wesson revolvers. I'm, oh. uh, I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Smith revolvers. I used to collect them. Really? Uh, lots of 686s, Smith Model 60s. For the ladies, we have the Smith Model 60 Lady Smith. Fantastic guns. And uh, what's one that one? better. What does that one run? What's that run? Because i got to get right. my wife a revolver because she can't shoot the Smith uh, 9 About mil. eight. About seven sixty nine. Oh, that's not bad at all. Seven sixty nine for that. But uh, uh, fantastic, fantastic revolvers. I like them a lot. Uh, as you know, as you, everybody knows, a lot of slim pickings right now for pistols, especially mm-hmm. nine forty forty five. Uh, I don't recommend twenty two for a defensive gun. But no. a lot of these revolvers, we have six eighty sixes, Smith Model sixties. Uh, they're chambered in three fifty seven Magnum, which means that you can also chamber. 38 plus P or 38 special just for some nice easy shooting mm-hmm. and uh, that's definitely you know the best defensive gun we've got right now definitely those Smith revolvers just check them out interesting hey Jason I got a, an ammo question for you um, since you're yeah, on that subject I was um, looking last night I'm, I'm starting to think about getting another lever gun I'm thinking about like uh, an 1894 Winchester kind of lever gun I'm thinking at 30 30. So I thought, you know, I thought, let me go look and see how much that kind of ammunition is. And I was looking around last night and like everything was out of stock. I many. And, um, yeah, and then I started because I went to seven or eight like online uh, sites and I was looking at the 3030. That's all out of stock. Then I thought, well, let me look at like the 223. And then I looked at handgun ammo and like everything just about was out I of stock. Are you guys are you guys still experiencing that as well? Where you're, you know, for your suppliers and bit. stuff? Yeah, sir. A little bit. Uh, we, um, well, especially around like thirty thirty, uh, you don't see it. You really don't see it a whole lot. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of lever guns and cowboy stuff. That's what got me into guns. Uh, if you're looking for a good lever, I got to recommend. You know, thirty thirty is cool, but I'd like to recommend a pistol caliber carbine, like a like a Marlin, one of the Marlins, one of the Henry Big Boys, something like that. Three fifty seven is a great choice. Forty four mag is a good choice. Uh, if you want the thirty thirty, it's going to take a while before anybody's got that ammo in stock. Well, and and I bought my last lever gun from you, and it's an eighteen seventy three, yeah. and it's chambered in three fifty seven. Awesome. I love it; it's great. Well, <laughs> awesome gun! Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you suppose? That is a fantastic gun. Why is there a shortage? Well, there's certain there's a certain priority for for creating ammunition for factories. So. Thirty thirty because it's not shot a whole heck of a lot by many people, uh, only like enthusiasts, you know, and uh, it's. It, it's kind of low on the priority list for cranking that ammo out. So, of course, everybody's focusing, you know, number one, nine millimeter, number two is going to be 45 and 22, and then everything else comes after that. Um, it's going to be really hard to find. I have people coming in looking for like eight millimeter Mauser, 762 by 54 r 303 British. They're not going to, nobody's going to see that ammo for a long time. Uh, it's just because it's low on that sort of that priority chain for manufacture. Uh, so if you find any, absolutely scoop it up. But it's going to be a it's going to be a miracle to find some right now. How's the pricing on that? If you, even if you 30 30 usually usually goes for about usually about a buck a shot, like three oh eight. Usually time to maybe tiny bit cheaper, a little more or a little more expensive if you're looking for hunting rounds. Um, but 
on, on average, about a dollar a shot for 30 30. Mm-hmm. And that's but, all uh, COVID yeah. and uh, COVID related, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. People just buying up huge there. racks of ammo and, and hoarding them. Is that, is that pretty much what's going on? That's exactly what's going on. People are prepping. <laughs> They've been bought, they bought it all. Uh, people were paying off. I read uh, the other day, people were paying off Walmart employees, just like in 2012, uh, <laughs> to let them know when they were getting ammo shipments in, and they just come to buy the whole thing. So that's you know that's what's been going on right now, and that's why nobody's gotten ammo. Well, and I hope people learn from this too, because I mean, you should always normally you should always, you should always stock up stock. on on ammo. You know, with what, what the yeah. media would call a stockpile. What I mean, do you, you should always have. What's, it, right? what's a minimum per caliber, Joe? What, what What do you think per caliber? What What should you have minimum in your garage? I well, I yeah. shoot nine all the time, so I try to keep about six thousand rounds. Six thousand, but I mean, I shoot that all the time, and I reload order, that. Order, yeah. order. So, <laughs> I have some the, work to do. The other stuff, though, I, like with the two, two, three, and stuff, I try to keep at least a thousand rounds around. Yeah. And um, same thing with the three fifty seven, probably a little bit more than that. But you know, it just depends on how often I shoot it. Well, it, that, well, that's the thing. Right. So if I hear somebody, you know, if someone tells me, "Well, I got ten thousand rounds," but I'm going, "Well, you're not shooting enough then." Yeah, if you have ten thousand rounds, you need to go to the range. Just don't walk by Joe's house with a magnet; you'll get slammed up against yeah. the wall. Well, see, I'm, and like the six thousand rounds of nine millimeter doesn't last me that long. Right. The two thousand rounds of two two three three will last me a long time because I don't shoot it as much. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's good. Actually, if you like two two three, you're looking for a lever rifle. Have you thought about a, a Browning BLR? That's my favorite. You can get it in two two three or three oh eight, and that's a fantastic sort of gear gear assisted lever action you should check that thing out no i have it but i will look at that <laughs> thank you blr that's a great one jot uh, that down but, uh, yeah it's not blr not bar that's a very different yeah blr <laughs> awesome that's another awesome gun yeah. <laughs> there's no lever on the bar uh, yeah <laughs> no, B- no. bar is not legal out here right <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you, you can get a bar yeah yeah semi one so people are coming in they're buying guns and ammo um, what's the, uh, you know, we have a, we have literally tens of thousands of new gun owners. What's the, what's the most popular accessory that, uh, that folks are going out if they, if they, so if they come into your shop and they're not buying guns or ammo, what are they buying? Uh, you know, if they already have a gun, they're typically buying magazines and flashlights. Yeah. Flashlights. Kind of flashlight that mounts to the end of the, to the kind of mounts to the end of the pistol, uh, you know, on the accessory rail. That's the first thing that and magazines. You know, more ammo, that kind of thing. I, I honestly feel like if you're buying a gun, you, 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 a flashlight is is kind of an assumed. Like you got to get a flashlight. I mean, unless it's like it's some kind of. That's right. Yeah, unless it's like a competition gun or a hunting or something like that. But if you're getting a gun right, that right. is, is even you're even going to think about using it for self defense, or if you're going to carry it, whatever. I, I don't know how you walk out mm-hmm. of the store without a flashlight. I think it's extremely That's, crucial. Yeah. And you can always have more than one flashlight too. I, might I have add. a ton, man. I have a ton of flashlights. <laughs> I got I got flashlights at every door yeah. on a rack, <laughs> plugged into an outlet, yeah. to where they're constantly charged up. And it's like the it's like the the same power as like an eighteen wheeler's headlight. Well, of course, I want to <laughs> melt you before I get to you. All right, we're gonna have to go. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. I'll Thank come you. in and say hi, and I'll bring that Supra. Yeah, all right. Look forward to it. All right, folks. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio <laughs> on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. 
This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.